0: You're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America-first perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo Five O radio network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at Dawes, or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Leave a voicemail there, and we might use your call on a future broadcast. Well, we're going to talk about this uh, grotesque spectacle that we witnessed yesterday. From the podium of the U.S. Department of Justice, probably uh, one of the most shameful events that uh, will go down in history has ever been presented with the imprimatur of the executive branch Department of Justice. And what we witnessed really was a perversion, a a, a inversion of the standards enshrined in the U.S. Constitution and, and Western jurisprudence. When Robert Mueller, an obviously conflicted and agenda-driven prosecutor, really not a prosecutor, I would say, well, certainly wasn't acting as a prosecutor. He was acting as an inquisitor. The same type of inquisitor that uh, you know was in um, uh, the French Revolution or um, in the Salem Witch Trials or that we w- have witnessed in uh, communist countries where they start with the presumption that, uh, the person that you're going after the target of your prosecution is guilty, and then you work backwards from there. And this comes as no surprise to me. I predicted when they appointed Robert Mueller it was so obviously that he was conflicted, he was James Comey's mentor and he was brought on board to determine whether or not James Comey's firing constituted an obstruction of justice. Not only that, he had been the second-longest-serving director of the FBI in U.S. history. And the FBI, wrongdoing at the FBI, where they abused their intelligence and law enforcement uh, authorities, was at the heart of this case. And what we saw yesterday was the, uh, the Soviet model where uh, 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 Pavlov, Stalin's head of uh, secret police, is famously quoted as, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. Robert Mueller uh, was was a rogue prosecutor. He violated the basic tenets of Western jurisprudence, where you're innocent until proven guilty. You have the presumption of innocence, where you can't be made to, to incriminate yourself. He violated the attorney-client privilege. He, presented, he uh, participated in frame-ups, entrapments. In the case of Michael Flynn and George Papadopoulos, had nothing to say about that. And he was very selective in, uh, in the so-called Russian interference that he showed any interest in. You know by listening to this show that the 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 vast bulk of Russian interference in the 2016 election was related to the dossier that was uh that was paid for by Hillary Clinton and the Democrats. And really all that Robert Mueller was brought in to do was to engage in a cover up for the deep state wrongdoing in the 2016 presidential election. And he's timed his uh his actions and yesterday's uh news conference I don't want to call it a news conference cuz he refused to take any questions but his presentation in order to be a distraction from uh from the bar investigation into that very state uh same wrongdoing on the part of the CIA and the FBI so he comes forward yesterday he he turns justice on his head by saying that he can't prove that Donald Trump is innocent and therefore it's up to the Congress to begin impeachment proceedings announces. He's not going to answer any questions. Doesn't want to testify before Congress and that he's getting the hell out of Dodge. Here's what he had to say uh, when he opened this, uh, this <laughs> fiasco yesterday.
1: I have not spoken publicly during our investigation. I'm speaking out today because our investigation is complete. The attorney general has made the report on our investigation largely public. We are formally closing the special counsel's office. And as well, I'm resigning from the Department of Justice to return to private life.
0: Well, good, good riddance. If Robert Mueller was a uh, uh an ethical prosecutor, he never would have taken this assignment to begin with. It would never would have been uh, given by Rod Rosenstein and he certainly never would have accepted it and the fact that you had all of these uh partisan Democrats and uh weak need Republicans talking about uh, what a man of high integrity and how trustworthy Robert Mueller was. When the very fact that he took this assignment showed that he was anything but. Just, uh, just a, a, is a, a national shame. And one of the interesting things about this, uh, this statement that he made yesterday is he pointed out that all of the indictments he brought against Russians, the alleged hacking of the DNC by uh, Russian intelligence agencies, and this, uh, this troll farm in St. Petersburg, that uh, that bought, you know, I've heard numbers anywhere from 10000 to to $100,000 of Facebook ads. But I have looked at the Facebook ads that uh, Mark Zuckerberg cited as having been originated by uh, this troll farm. And they are anything but pro-Trump. About a quarter of them are pro-Trump. About a quarter of them are anti-Trump. About a quarter of them are pro-Hillary. About a quarter of them are anti-Hillary. If this was, in fact, a uh, uh, an effort that was directed out of the Kremlin, it was simply to, dis- uh, to sow discord. It certainly wasn't on behalf of Donald Trump. So when he was talking about those supposed violations, he pointed out that Russians uh, have been indicted, but it's important to remember that they're innocent and have proven guilty. Then he turns right around and... <laughs> It makes the case that um, that they couldn't prove Donald Trump was innocent, and therefore, um, you know, Congress needs to continue to dig into this. I mean, it's just such an appalling um, debasement of the U.S. Department of Justice. He was standing before on that podium before that uh, that seal. We can't prove you're innocent. That's never been the standard in any sort of uh, uh, criminal prosecution. We are all presumed innocent. That is our natural state, and it is up to a prosecutor to prove guilt. And if he cannot prove guilt, he he is not free to just engage in this inquisition say, well, we're through. We couldn't find uh, that he, in fact, committed a crime, and so we're closing shop, and here's a bunch of smears and innuendo that we are presenting to you for you to continue to uh, harass the president and keep the government from doing its job. I've got sort of a long clip here. It's, um, well... I'll just play the short clip. This this is uh, the bottom line on what he um, what he found that uh, official Washington, establishment Washington, just is being ripped apart on because the Democrats won't so want so desperately to be able to portray the president as some sort of criminal, and the Republicans are um, are torn because. They don't know what to think of this person that they, uh, they were fooled into believing was going to be fair and, uh, and judicious in his, his investigation.
1: And as set forth in the report, after that investigation, if we had had com- confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so.
0: If we had evidence that the president did not commit a crime, we would have said so. Man, here's basically what uh, what Mueller say. I said. I said, I don't think I'm going to play you this long clip because it is quite frankly um, just confusing as hell. I'll just paraphrase Mueller in his statement. If Trump was definitely not guilty of a crime, we would have said so since we found no evidence that did not cause us to believe that no reasonable prosecutor would not decline to not bring charges legally accurate. Orange man, bad. Nothing to add to this report. Depends on what the meaning of is, is resigning, going to private life. Bye bye. Don't want to testify before Congress. Don't want to have to answer any questions. Constitution does not allow us to decide to refuse to decline, to avoid deciding blah, blah, blah. It was the biggest bunch of word salad you ever heard in your life. It's absolutely the kind of dog whistle the Democrats needed to continue their witch hunt into this, their inquisition. And the Democrats are hanging their hat on this, uh, well, Barr didn't uh, indict because the Office of Legal Counsel says that you can't indict a sitting president. Well, is, his job wasn't in, to indict the president to begin with. His job was to determine whether or not the president had engaged in illegal activity. He found no such thing. And he left it up to uh, Bill Barr and Rod Rosenstein to make the decision. They looked at it and found, obviously, there were no uh, obstruction of justice offenses. They've got this litany of about 10 instances in Volume 2 of the Mueller report that they say somehow constitutes an obstruction of justice. We'll get to that. We'll dig deeper into that later on in the show. But the Democrats... Um, insist that the reason that Mueller didn't indict was because of this o- OLC decision. When when he told Bob Barr not once, not twice, but on three separate occasions, that that was not uh, the the guiding uh, the guidance that kept him from uh, pointing out that the president committed a crime, that he could find no crime to say with confidence that the president committed and when when uh, Barr presented this report to the press, he said so from that very same podium that, uh, that Mueller was or that yeah, Mueller was speaking at yesterday. This is what he had to say.
1: But I will say that when we met with him, uh, Deputy Attorney General uh, Rosenstein and I met with him, along with Ed O 'Callaghan, uh, who is the principal associate deputy on march 5th we specifically asked him about the olc opinion and whether or not he was taking the position that he would have found a crime but for the existence of the olc opinion and he made it very clear uh, several times that that was not his position he he was not saying that but for the olc opinion he would have found a crime he made it clear that he had not made the determination that there was a crime. Did you disagree with him on it? May All I follow right. up what
2: on that, Mr. Chairman. What General? did you disagree with him
1: on? Given that, uh, why did you and Mr. Rosenstein feel the need you had to take it to the next step to conclude that there was no crime,
0: especially given that DOJ policy? Well, because it's important for the American people to understand that these this bunch of uh, innuendo and smears that were contained in this report, no doubt written by Andrew Weissman, None of it rose to the level of an actual obstruction of justice. You know, they they threw a bunch of stuff against the wall, claimed that it was obstruction of justice, failed to make a a determination that it in fact rose to the level of a criminal violation, threw the smear out there, refused to redact the document so that it would have to hang out there over the president's head, Tried to muddy up the waters. And I said from the very beginning that all of this, the appointment of Robert Mueller and his, uh, his further appointment of a bunch of partisan Democrat prosecutors and Peter Strzok to come onto the team was nothing but a cover-up of the deep state wrongdoing. And now that he's closing shop, He's made damn sure that he's left enough for the Democrats to chew on for the next 18 months. So the first half of the president's administration has basically been torn to shreds by the deep state, the same deep state that, uh, that lied us into the war in Iraq, the same deep state that failed in their mission to protect the country on 9-11, I mean, why do we have these agencies if they're going to do more damage to the country than good? They pretend that the Russians interfered in the election when, in fact, the major interference in this election has been by James Comey, John Brennan, and and James Clapper. And now Robert Mueller and his band of 12 angry Democrats. And they couldn't even leave half of the president's term for the government to get back to business, I suppose because uh, Bill Barr has announced that he's going to look into the origins of the Spygate scandal, that, uh, that Mueller felt like he had to go before the cameras yesterday and ensure that this thing never came to an end. So let's talk about... <clears throat> What uh, what they claim is obstruction of justice, these 10 items. First, the president is said to have pressured the FBI director, James Comey, Jim Comey, to end the probe of Michael Flynn. Well, if you pressured him, he did a damn poor job of doing it because all he would have had to do, which would be perfectly within his authority as president of the United States, is tell Jim Comey, to uh, that, that we're not prosecuting Michael Flynn based on that flimsy entrapment effort that Sally Yates put together. They point out his reaction to the continuing Russia investigation when he uh, uh, told Don McGahn to instruct Jeff Sessions to unrecuse himself. Well, clearly, because Rosenstein had appointed Robert Mueller, it was obvious that he was not a good-faith actor. They point to firing James Comey. Everybody at the time, including Rod Rosenstein, acknowledged that Jim Comey was unfit to lead the FBI after that, um, that finding that Hillary Clinton could not be prosecuted. Comey did a double uh, violation there. First, he took it upon himself to make a prosecutorial decision that it was not in his authority or responsibility to do. And then, after presenting all this overwhelming evidence of her serial violations of the Espionage Act, he decided that, though, we're not going to (laughs) prosecute. They point to... um, to Trump's reaction to the appointment of special counsel that this was the end of his presidency and that he pointed out that Mueller was loaded up with conflicts of interest and should not have been um, made that this whole idea that uh, that uh, 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 objecting to a prosecutor being assigned to you. That's the best friend, one of the best friends of the person he's looking into, you firing is absurd, and the fact that uh, Trump engaged in some public relations designed to uh, undermine uh, this investigation, when in fact he was in fact innocent, they're pointing that out as possible obstruction of justice. They point to uh, Trump's efforts to prevent the public disclosure of evidence. So uh, they're, they're, they're pointing out here that uh, the president edited Donald Trump Jr.'s remarks about the Trump Tower meeting with the uh, Fusion GPS operative. Well, that's public relations. That's taking place in a public venue. That is not a, 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 any sort of legal proceeding. It's not to do with the official investigation. It's public relations. It's the kind of stuff that all politicians do. The uh, the president, according uh, to, to these 10 counts, tried to get the White House counsel to deny that he tried to fire Robert Mueller. Well, he didn't try to fire Robert Mueller. He instructed McGahn to point out to Rosenstein that Robert Mueller was too conflicted to take this job. And he certainly was. It's just on and on. You know, they say that uh, Trump dangled pardons. Before uh, Michael Cohen and uh, Michael Flynn and Paul Manafort. The president made it quite clear that he, uh, he had sympathy for these people that were being pursued by the same inquisitor that was pursuing him. But he said repeatedly that he was not uh, considering pardons at this time, that he would see how that, that goes. In other words, he wasn't going to announce that he was not going to pardon these people, knowing they were being pursued by a partisan witch hunt, and I don't blame him. So you got to ask yourself if if um, Mueller was just going to let his report speak for itself, why did he decide to hold this uh, no questions allowed? presentation yesterday to take one more um, swing at the president and try to encourage an indictment proceeding. I mean, an impeachment proceeding. And I can tell you why, because uh, Barr's uh, starting to dig into the wrongdoing by the deep state. It's the same reason that Comey wrote this, uh, this op ed in the Washington post trying to put his spin on everything. And you got to wonder if the two amigos there, Mueller and Comey didn't in fact coordinate these events to distract and put, uh, put Trump back on its heels as this, uh, this effort to uncover the origins of Spygate get underway. Mueller says he's not going to be answering any questions. Won't answer questions. Not interested.
1: Now, I hope and expect this to be the only time that I will speak to you in this matter. I am making that decision myself. No one has told me whether I can or should testify or speak further about this matter.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Wouldn't it be great if uh, everybody that he drugged before a grand jury just said, well, I'm not going to make any statements on this. Uh, My, uh, you know, my actions speak for themselves. I hope and uh, trust that this will be my last word on it. It doesn't work that way. You can't engage in this partisan witch hunt. Load up your team with a bunch of um, uh, Democrat loyalists. Violate the attorney-client privilege. Participate in entrapment schemes against private citizens. Cover up the actual involvement by the Russians in providing disinformation the Clinton campaign and then just ride off into the sunset get the hell out of Dodge while all the stuff that you've thrown against the fan continues to tear this country apart. It's really quite amazing. He mentioned that if he was subpoenaed to testify that he would not say anything that was not claimed and that was not stated in his report. So Mueller was a, a a paid employee of the Department of Justice when he did all this. Do people, including former employees, get to just say, uh, I, I'm not going to answer that question. He's not being investigated for any criminal wrongdoing, although I would argue that he should be. So he can't take the Fifth Amendment. Unbelievable. We got to run out to a break. We're going to have two commercials. Hope you'll stick with us and join us back here. We're going to talk about um, the uh, establishment Washington and the media's reaction to all of this right after these messages uh, right now with Jim Dawes.
3: check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwanns.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.
0: So basically, Robert Mueller just uh, came before the Department of Justice microphones yesterday said that he wasn't answering any questions and repeated his innuendos and smear job that was contained in, in volume two of the report, denied the president the presumption of innocence, said we couldn't prove him innocent, so it's up to the Congress to continue to investigate. And not surprisingly, the reaction between the rabid Democrat partisans, including many of their presidential candidates, was that it's time to impeach. Kamala Harris said uh, what Robert Mueller really did or basically did was return an impeachment referral. And she's absolutely right. It's not a justified impeachment referral. There's nothing in there that actually rises to high crimes or misdemeanors. But that's not the standard that they're going by, the Democrats. The Democrats are going by the standard orange man bad. We have to get uh, we have to win the next election our base is absolutely whipped into a frenzy by these nightly attacks on CNN and MSNBC and to a lesser degree the networks so whatever glimmer of hope we had that we would put this this fiasco this hoax behind us and get back to doing the people's work improving the economy securing the nation, getting out of these foreign wars, all of that has now been dashed. Because the Democrats are going to be single-mindedly committed to harassing Trump for the next 18 months. They're beating the drums for Nancy Pelosi to, uh, to get this impeachment proceeding started. There's not going to be any legislation on infrastructure, no response to the absolute disaster that's going on on our southern border. They won't take up probably this, uh, this, uh, the ratification of this new North American trade deal that, ha- that promises to increase American wages. Budgets. Oh, my God. You th- thought they had a, a trouble agreeing on a budget before. Can you imagine now? reforming our trade uh, relationship with China, getting North Korea and Iran to, uh, to abandon their nuclear programs, uh, ex- extracting ourselves from these Middle East wars. All of that's now shot to hell. And over what? Mueller had two years, an unlimited budget, didn't find any sufficient evidence to allege a crime, and now, three over three months after he submitted his uh, his bias report, suddenly he shows up at the microphones without invitation, with no good reason, and riles up the lynch mob once again. Exits stage left and, and declares that he doesn't have any more to say and not going to answer any questions. Unbelievable. Mm-mm-mm. So, of course, so of the Hutt. Jared Nadler. I don't know whether he reminds me more of Jabba the Hutt or the, um, uh, the Penguin character in that, uh, that Batman movie. He rushed to the microphones, and, uh, and you know did just exactly what Mueller had encouraged him to do, and that that is start beating these uh, these impeachment drums once again.
4: Back to impeachment question. At this point, all options are on the table, and nothing should be ruled out. What Special Counsel Mueller said loud and clear today for the American people is that President Trump is lying when he says no collusion, no obstruction. And that he was exonerated. If Mueller wanted to exonerate the president from having committed the crime,
1: he would have said so.
0: In- that is so grotesque to hear our elected officials adopting this, uh, this degenerate standard of an inquisitor. If he could have proven that he was innocent, he would have said so. That has never, ever been the job of a prosecutor. I've seen it uh, that that standard violated before, but it's usually after some overzealous prosecutor has sent an innocent person to jail, and uh, and they have um, they've come up with uh, exculpatory info, uh, information that finds out that the the uh, conviction was um, false. They will say that I exonerate this person in order to try to save their own butts. But that's not what you go into a prosecution or an investigation. A lot of people say, Jim, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, but for almost 20 years, I was a private investigator, and I was uh, usually worked out for the, 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 the defense. And I know basic uh, rules of evidence, protections against unreasonable search and seizures, the sanctity of the attorney-client privilege, the prohibition against using hearsay evidence that you uh, come into any investigation determined to find the truth, not to pursue an agenda. So I've got a clip here. Uh, this is uh, Mueller insisting, just continuing to insist this what has become conventional wisdom in Washington, D.C. now, that the Russians interfered in the 2016 election.
1: And I will close by reiterating the central allegation of our indictments that there were multiple systematic efforts to interfere in our election. And that allegation deserves the attention of every American. Thank you. Thank you for being here today.
0: Now, pardon me if I sound like a broken record because I, I, I say this at every opportunity. You could have made that statement in any uh, U.S. election going back almost 100 years. It's been an established practice now that we interfere in Russia's election before Russia was the Soviet Union. And they interfere with ours. They're retaliating against each other. This is the spy versus spy game that you see going on with U.S. and Russian intelligence agencies. They absolutely missed the opportunity after the fall of the Soviet Union to, uh, to, to, make, to bring Russia into the, uh, the fold of Western democratic nations because they're so invested in this, uh, this game, the great game, as, uh, as they like to call it. But if you're really looking for Russian interference, <laughs> man, it's right there staring you in the face. You got all of this disinformation that was packaged up in a bogus dossier by a foreign national and injected into our intelligence and justice system in order to start this whole hoax, this whole attempt to defeat Donald Trump and then declare his uh, presidency illegitimate, the dossier chock-full of Russian disinformation. And now that we know about this uh, so-called mole that John Brennan cited in Vladimir Putin's inner circle, we have to ask ourselves whether or not John Brennan didn't get played too and fed a bunch of disinformation. And I just want to take a little time out to ask these Republicans who praised Robert Mueller as a a straight shooter, a man of integrity, they could be counted on to to uh, play this straight. I'm looking at you, Lindsey Graham. Looking at you, Trey Gowdy. What do you think of him now? And if you, uh, if you have forgotten who Robert Mueller is, Robert Mueller is the same guy that is a U.S. attorney for Boston, allowed Whitey Bulger to jerk around uh, his office and the, the FBI office out there. And in order to cover up their wrongdoing, sent four innocent men to jail for murder when they knew, or at least the FBI knew, that those murders were committed by Whitey Bulger's gang. And this is the same Robert Mueller as well who back in the run-up to the Iraq war testified to Congress, and this is what he had to say about the WMD lies.
1: As uh, Director Tenet has pointed out, Secretary Powell presented evidence last week that Baghdad has failed to disarm its weapons of mass destruction, willfully attempting to evade and deceive the international community. Our particular concern is that Saddam Hussein may supply terrorists with biological chemical, or radiological
0: material. So, you know, once you have taken part in what turned out to be, in the best case scenario, a massive intelligence failure, and at worst could be lying to the American people in order to get them into a war that wasn't in America's national interest and has been such a disaster, resulting in so many deaths of Americans, uh, our precious sons and daughters, the destabilization of the Middle East that's just been an absolute disaster and, and the loss of trillions of dollars in treasure, you would think that you would be so discredited at that point that they wouldn't bring you back. In order to investigate the president of the United States, you would think that your credibility would be so shot that, no, you wouldn't dare. But there's there's apparently never any punishment for failure in the federal government by these, uh, these political hacks. He appointed Andrew Weissman to be his head lieutenant. Really, when you read the Mueller report, just keep in mind that this whole thing was driven by Andrew Weissman and his tactics, his over-the-top tactics. Raiding Roger Stone's house in the middle of uh, uh, in the early morning hours with a SWAT team, twenty-seven uh, agents equipped with assault weapons and an assault vehicle, and helicopters overhead. Raiding the office of the president's attorney and seizing all of his records. And once again, Andrew Weissman is thoroughly and completely discredited. He pursued a, 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 a prosecution on, guess what, obstruction of justice against the Arthur Anderson accounting firm that led to the collapse of that company and the loss of about 20 is it see the 2,500 or 25,000 jobs lives destroyed because of Andrew Weissman's prosecution for an obstruction of justice to, uh, a charge, Weissman was overturned on appeal to the Supreme court by nine to nothing. You can't get all of the Supreme court justices degree on almost anything, but they agreed that Andrew Weissman secured, uh, obstruction of justice convictions against Arthur Anderson Unanimously, Weissman never, ever should be in a position to uh, prosecute anybody ever again, much less the president of the United States that the well-being of the whole nation relies on. Here's what uh, Rudy Giuliani has to say about uh, Andrew Weissman.
4: This whole obstruction theory is a creation of, of uh, Andrew Weissman who's created crimes before and been been reversed by the Supreme Court of the United States for finding crimes out of the thin air. And in that case, against businessmen he didn't like. In this case, against Donald Trump, who he despises. I mean, this is a Hillary Clinton partisan. This is a guy who worked with Peter Strzok, who we know hates Trump. I mean, Mueller had on his staff eight or nine Trump haters, which is unprecedented in the prosecution staff. So if they didn't find a basis to charge him with anything, they exonerated him. They did everything they could, including putting a man in solitary confinement for eight or nine months to break him, and they couldn't break him. So, so this he is about as big of an exoneration as I've ever seen, and I've been in the prosecution business for, I don't know, since 1970s. And to try to reverse it is, I mean, I think they look, uh, they look foolish and they look pathetic, and I am confident that the... I've, I said this from the very beginning. I haven't read the report. I haven't seen it. They can put out every part of it. It is not going to show either one. Otherwise, you couldn't come to the conclusions you came to. And second, if they have yeah, a few nasty facts in there, I'm ready to slam it down their throat. Because we have an 87-page report, which we will use. And there are some things that the special counsel did that I don't think they're going to want people to hear. They acted in ways that outraged me as a person who cares about justice.
0: I can tell you one thing. Robert Mueller does not want to go before Congress and face tough questioning from Jim Jordan and, uh, and Meadows and um, Lindsey Graham. Maybe he does want to. Maybe Lindsey Graham still lives in love with this guy. Maybe he's not disillusioned. Maybe the, uh, the, the veil has not been lifted from his eyes. But this has sparked this, uh, you know, the continued impeachment drum that's uh, all the the energy sucking up all the energy and oxygen out of Washington D.C. This is the insurance policy that Peter Struck talked to Lisa Page about. The insurance policy in case they start coming after us. We've got an insurance policy. We'll go at. We'll use this dossier. And the Democrats, led by Nancy Pelosi, they want to have it both ways. They want to claim the president is, uh, you know, impeachable. But they don't want to go down that impeachment road because they know that the American people will punish them. Because the first thing that will happen, and they're working on it right now, is this economy will start to turn south. So the President it sort of reminds me that uh mad max in in the first movie, when they're trying to escape that compound, he's got all these heathens tearing at him in the form of robert Mueller's uh uh witch hunt team, and yet he's able to uh to achieve the mission to turn the economy around to try to reform these trade deals to keep us out of wars and try to get us out of the ones we're already in. But that's not enough. They're going to continue to to do this and the first thing they're going to try to do is is drive the president's uh, approval rating down and if they have to wreck the economy to do it, by God, that's just the price they're willing to pay. They won't feel it. They've made themselves fat and rich off the off working of these uh these hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year jobs in the government. I want to see Nancy Pelosi's tax returns, by the way. I want I want to see her bank accounts. You know, when she came into Congress, she wasn't a rich woman. Now she's worth hundreds of millions of dollars on a government salary. How's that happen? She's not the only one. Chuck Schumer, you can say the same, you can say the same about All of them, not all of them, but most of them, including the Republicans. They want to know how Trump earned his money. I want to know how they earned their money while they were working on my dime. Were they selling out my interests? Undoubtedly so. But as Mueller made his comments yesterday before the nation, this is what was happening to your 401k.
3: And markets, as you know, Neil, are news sensitive, and that includes political unknowns like impeachment threats. And hence, we have investors running to the safety of U.S. government bonds. And that's depressing bond yields. That's the amount of interest that you get back for holding U.S. Treasuries with the most widely held 10-year Treasury note yielding its lowest interest in 20 months. And this is causing a concerning sign for investors, a phenomenon on the markets called a yield curve inversion where short-term rates, in this case a three-month treasury, now higher than the 10-year note. And yield curve inversions are important because they have virtually preceded every recession since the 1960s.
0: So they're busy trying to tear down the economy. They, uh, they don't want to secure the border. They don't want to ratify this, uh, this uh, uh, new NAFTA agreement, USMCA. They just want to pursue Trump. Because orange man, bad. You know, I'm not as big a a Trump supporter as I used to be because he has been ineffective on on so many of these things. Sort of scattershot. But we certainly cannot establish this as the new norm in Washington, D.C., that as soon as somebody comes into office that the American people sent there to reform the swamp, that they immediately start this establishment reaction trying to, uh, to destroy him. I've got one more clip I want to uh, play for you. This is uh, Bill Barr back in his original news conference where we w- he was announcing the... Um... No, I, I've already played that clip. I'm sorry. I have already played that clip. I've got one here. This is Jim Jordan... Talking about the questions he wants to ask Robert Mueller before he rides off into the sunset having destroyed um, a, a full term of a presidency.
1: Right. I think there were three takeaways from today. No new information, no collusion, no obstruction after all the investigation that Bob Mueller did. The second thing was he resigned. He told us that he was stepping down. And then third, I think he doesn't want to testify. So if, if, if he comes, that'll be up to Jerry Nadler. But there are lots of questions to ask. and the And the key ones, I think, are where you were just at, Sean. This dossier, because before they went to the FISA court in October of 2016, they knew all kinds of things about the author of that dossier, Christopher Steele. They knew he was desperate. This was communicated by Bruce Orr to the FBI. He was desperate to stop Trump, and they didn't tell the court that information, didn't tell the court who paid for the document, namely the Clinton campaign. Those are key questions that we need answers to. The good news is... Bill Barr is doing an investigation, and I think he's going to get the answers.
0: Well, it is good news that Bill Barr is doing an investigation, but uh, the the way that the deep state will uh, resist Bill Barr's efforts to get to the bottom of all this will probably drag out for the remainder of this term as well. So while President Trump is up there and fighting these impeachment charges, we're going to have to count on Bill Barr to expose The origins of all of this, and I just hope he's able to do so in a timely manner. And it looks like at this point he's going to be facing Joe Biden. I want to I want some questions asked of Joe Biden. What did he know about the origins of this? Was he sitting in these meetings where they established this task force in order to spy on the Trump campaign over at the CIA? Trump is already taking on turned his attention to Joe Biden. That's one thing you got to uh, admire about Trump is he is a uh, multitasker. At the same time he's fighting off these rabid Democrats, he's uh, he's trying to do his job, and now he's turning his attention toward reelection, and he's sort of blowing right past um, you know the clown car that is the the rest of the Democrat field, the hopefuls, and turning his fire directly on Joe Biden. And he's, uh, he, he all indications are he's going to wage the same sort of campaign against Biden that he did against Hillary Clinton. And both of them have a lot of parallels together. Both of them are very low energy. Joe Biden couldn't even make it out on the campaign trail over the Memorial Day weekend. Can you imagine somebody that wants to be elected president of the United States missing that opportunity? Apparently, he didn't either have the energy, very similar to, Hillary Clinton, or he couldn't answer the questions that he would be put uh, before the press and exposed to. Also, very similar to Hillary Clinton. Like Hillary Clinton, Biden's got a long public record. Actually, Biden's is much longer, almost a half a century in American politics where he didn't personally get rich, but he facilitated his son getting rich based on his elected position and Trump points out that Biden just like Hillary has been around in government a long time but has accomplished almost nothing and Biden like Hillary represents this ancient swamp establishment that the voters sent Trump to Washington to overthrow I cannot believe that bill uh that uh, Joe Biden would be able to run on his record and have Americans agree with him that they they want more of that. He likes to hold himself out as some sort of foreign policy guru. But the foreign policy during Biden's uh time as the chairman of the Senate um a foreign relations committee and his vice president was an absolute disaster. Trump's going to be able to point to the Iraq war to allow an Iran to, uh, to, you know, have a nuclear program and allow, allowing North Korea to get to the point where they're on the precipice of having a nuclear armed intercontinental ballistic missile. They say that currently, Biden beats Trump in a head-to-head matchup by a little over eight points. Well, keep in mind, these are the same pollsters that told you that Hillary Clinton was going to mop the floor with Donald Trump in November of 2016. As a matter of fact, her advantage going into that, uh, that election day was even greater than eight points. But we cannot be complacent. Because the truth of the matter is after 16 months of Trump's attacks or t- attacks on Trump's. It was only about 80,000 votes. That pushed him over the top. But I'm believing that um, that this strong economy. that keeping us for four years out of foreign wars. Is going to return Trump to the White House. And if the Democrats are stupid enough. To spend the next two years almost pursuing this impeachment obsession, I think it'll absolutely guarantee Trump's reelection. So that's kind of an odd, uh, 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 an interesting way to look at it. Bob Mueller, in his determination to continue this cover up and distract from Barr's. Uh, beginning of Barr's investigation into Spygate has basically shot the Democrats in the foot because it's thrown enough chum in the waters for the, uh, the far left in the Democrat Party to demand that Pelosi uh, begin impeachment proceedings. And these 31 Democrats that were elected in uh, congressional districts where Trump won are going to really be put on a hot seat. And if they turn around and vote for impeachment after claiming to be, you know, moderate Democrats that were – a a large number of them just took up the very same America First issues that Trump ran on. If they turn around and then try to impeach this president and destroy the economy – when people are just now, after 40 years, starting to get pay raises and their children are starting to find jobs and move out of their basement. They're going to pay a hell of a price for that, I think. So Biden's going to be Hillary 2.0 if, they, uh, if they're if they stupid enough to nominate him. And at this point, I don't see how they keep from it. going to be low energy, going to have no record to run on. All of his experience, his vaunted experience, has been negative and is going to be used as a tool by Trump against him. There's no way the Senate's ever going to convict, even if they they, uh, impeach Trump in the House. So I guess we're going to have to learn to live with the new normal that uh, the Democrats have lost their minds, and uh, we're just going to have to accept that. Well, that takes us to the end of another edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Take care, folks.
2: When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is...